Eric, to get to career and mission growth? We were, if I think about entry point, junior data analyst. You know, most people, what, what the heck is that? It, it would have been a very good role to have right now with all what's going on with AI. So the data analyst was where I came out of college. I, I had no idea what I was going to do. So I think having a bedrock, working in a boutique consultancy with people who'd seen a bit of life, 20, 25 year veterans made a massive difference to my growth curve. So within a couple of years, I was able to join, you know, one of the largest professional information services companies in the world. And that made a huge difference too, because not only are they good at information services, they were really good at career growth and they were really good at leadership. So mm. they taught me all kinds of things, which I now think have been their foundation for everything I've done. But the, the big shifts have just been take everything you learn, absorb what works with you, pair it with your unique abilities and discard everything else. It's complete noise for you and get that implemented. And, and they probably happened in, in, you know, three to four year cycles where mm. you're ready for the next level. And so that would be what I would say to anybody is, Somewhere between two and four years, your job is done. Move on. Don't stay where you are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so that three to four year cycle reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. Um, one of my one of my great friends when I was going through an extremely hard time in life. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. up welcome in division pros live this is jackson callum founder and ceo of first class business i'm excited to have james hilliard on board we're gonna be talking today's kind of a career day we got two episodes today on career so if you know somebody who's on the hunt for for greater work opportunities um if you know somebody who needs help with that guidance and also who wants to level up and really build an extraordinary career then today's going to be an exciting day so um but James Hilliard is an expert coach on helping people do just that. Um, I love his vibe. I love his energy. We both have guitars in the background. We might even pull those things out and play today. Um, so before we get into James and, and what he does um, in, a, in a deeper level and dive into his vision for those that he serves, um, always I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guide you to some of the resources that I love, support, and, uh, and appreciate. So Cold Click. Cold Click is what we use at First Class Business, our brand, for LinkedIn automation. Um, and when I say LinkedIn automation, I mean, I can think of people that are searching for a career. What if you had a system that could connect you to 100 career opportunities per day automatically with a message? You get to choose the message. You can you can really sort through career potential opportunities quite fast and put yourself in high demand for that position. I've never really thought to I shouldn't say I haven't thought to use it that way, but it's been a long time since I thought that way. Um, yeah, you, you know, I, I spend a couple hundred bucks on that system per month, and that allows me to do just that to get connected with, in my case, all the people that I host in the show, um, I would say 50% of them come through that means of communication and connection. Um, so it's a great system. I recommend it. You can also use other systems. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big component, so I'm being a proponent of making sure to do your research. I've used Ulink. I really like it. It's actually layered with cold, cold click. I used uh, buzz.ai, pretty good system. Um, we use this thing called Octopus as part of that process as well. Um, I want you to have as much information as possible so that you can make informed, educated decisions about how you move forward and what you do as a visionary. Um, that how, it doesn't help when we're blinded by others or blinded by our, our own lack of knowledge. 
Um, Tap Mental is somebody else I highly recommend, um, especially if you're in the general contracting space. Uh, if you're a good old boy um, and, and you, you need somebody a little rougher on the edges, but still a great nurturer who can really communicate well with all types of people, then David Goodall has become a great friend of mine. Uh, he's got a great system and process. Uh, one of the things that I really respect about Dave is not only does he have some really great testimonials and, and case studies built on his website and the talent to create assets like that and, and, and even help guide you, um, he, he does stay in his own lane, though, of making sure that he stays at a very good executive level with you and he helps you bridge your your psychology gaps. Um, so if anybody I don't think a whole lot of blue collar people listen into this, but I think their family members do. Um, I think other types of entrepreneurs are friends with them and do. Um, they're, more, they're more the types of people that, um, you know, might might in the evening sit on the porch and drink a beer. Um, you know, that they might be watching the game um, instead of being on a podcast like this. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll listen to the podcast while they're working. Um, but here's my point with that. You have the ability to help somebody tremendously by guiding them to a mastermind type individual like Dave. And then it gives them the opportunity to assess what works, what doesn't, how to move things forward. Every situation I've thrown at Dave, even ones that I didn't quite know what to do in business, the dude is on point with hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. So he's become a lifelong resource for me um, that I'm excited for anybody, again, in the general contracting, construction style space, oil and gas, um, you know, solar, et cetera. Those types of industries, he seems really on point with. Same thing with IT. Now, the water project. The water project is something that I'm super passionate about. This is an opportunity to help people get access to clean drinking water that don't have that. When I talk about clean, I'm not just talking about dirty, but think about it. If you were to go outside to a puddle and and, and pick up some water and then, then drink it, you know, the the potential harm that could do to you. There are people all over the world who do not have access to water that is safe. And they're often walking miles and miles in order to just get the unsafe water for their family's essential needs. I love that this particular program shows you the communities that you can actually help out. Uh, you give a dollar to it, you give 20, you give two twenty thousand dollars to whatever you want to do that's up to you or just share it with a friend if you don't have the ability to do that share it with somebody because what's happening is you're making a generational change in the lives of these individuals who if you imagine it if their kids are leaving school to go get water for the school community that's one two maybe four hours of lost time that they could be being educated and so over a 10-year 20-year period of having that new ecosystem of water it saves people's lives. It helps people with their sanitation, improves the quality of their life and allows them to improve the quality of their education, which will have a direct impact on their economies as well. I'm a huge fan of the Water Project. If you have another um, another cause you'd like to see a sponsor, please don't hesitate to drop that in the comments. We would love to see it. We will pay attention. And if it's something that, that uh, aligns with what we're doing, then we'll be happy to put it on the show as well and say, hey, this is another cool thing that you can contribute to. Uh, we're all about that. So without further ado, let's bring James Hilliard on. James, thank you so much for being on Vision Pros Live. No, no, never a chore, as they say. Yeah. And now you've been through some of your mission. I, I think that's why we connected. One of the things that we talked about when we first spoke was clean water. You know, that you have this water project that you contribute to. And one of my missions in life is to provide 3,000 years of clean drinking water and it's in similar projects just like that. So I wholeheartedly endorse what you're doing there. So let's let's start with that bit. Hello, Jackson. How are you doing? 
Oh man, I love that. That's awesome. I'm I'm doing awesome. I'm I'm happy to be here. This is this is one of my happy places in life. Um, <laughs> I, I got a I've collected a number. Thank goodness, but this is one of those getting to talk to amazing minds that are out there doing great things. And I'm going to be asking you afterwards what some of these additional water projects are that you're doing. I got a I got a great friend who's a world leader on water. Um, yeah. as well and has a, yeah. has a great newsletter on it so yeah we'll talk I, about that. I think uh, yeah we'll talk about that yeah just most importantly it's amazing when i talk to a scientist how quickly you can put a beaker of water into a pristine operation lab and that water will contaminate just sat there Ooh, on its own. Well said. this is why it's so important it's so important that we understand you know what, what we actually don't know a lot about water you know right. even if we if we were for an expert on it we actually don't know very much but yeah let's talk about that <laughs> true so james uh today who who should be listening and and why specifically should they be listening to you yeah i, I always think that the best people to be listening to me are kind of younger versions of myself and why i, I think we all go through our career and our working life sometimes banging our head and understand not understanding where is our frustration coming from why are we not getting the reward the recognition that we deserve when i believe all of you deserve a fantastic career and so i think we're talking to people who are are on the climb but making sure you're on the right climb and you're doing the things that are going to make the biggest amount of impact and contribution for you because if you can do that you'll always be fulfilled and your work will never actually feel like work most of the time you'll just feel like you get to go to play and, and that's a, a great thing. So if you can connect to that and it doesn't feel like a chore or arduous, perfect. This is an ideal conversation for you to listen to. I love it. And let's put some uh, range and perspective on this. Um, you know, uh, all work, by the way, I'm going to I'm going to frame this a little bit. All work is virtuous. That is ethical that's and right. that is in service to others. So is what we're going to be talking about applicable to everybody from, um, you know, worksmiths, uh, blacksmiths. Wow, wow. I'm going way back. Um, you know, I guess this still exists to janitor career paths, to, um, restaurant franchises, to corporate executives. Um, you know, or is there a specific niche that we're going to be honing in on today? I mean, I, I think about, you know, kind of, if you think about a niche you know, a niche, as you say, niche is probably I, right. Sounds better. I, I just, I just call that career executives and that could equally be a global workforce. So I, I don't think it does matter if you have ambition, you have aspir aspiration and you are virtuous in the way that you go about that. This applies to you. I think if there's one thing that I would say, it's really talking to people who've, who've kind of already had their career and not realized that they feel like they've got a long way to go, but, but actually you've probably already done your apprenticeship. You've done your internship, you did your apprenticeship, you've probably served five, 10, 15 years in a particular industry. It's those people who've got to the point where maybe you've become disconnected from that aspiration. And if we can help you just get reconnected to what your dream is, you can make the course corrections that's gonna get you to that world of having a lot of fun and, and more play, less work, yeah. That makes sense, um, you know, and I, I um... Even in my, my short burst as an entrepreneur and really behind the stage entrepreneur, um, you know, I, I found that over a short period, even even in times of less than a year, I sometimes found myself forgetting my dream. Yeah. And I can't imagine. And when I say forgetting my dream, you may not think you have a dream, you know. And, uh, you know, if you <clears throat> watch a movie like Hook, um, you know, with, with Peter Pan, Robin Williams style. Um, you know, he had forgotten everything about his <laughs> dreams completely. Like there was, there wasn't even on the radar. Um, so if that feels like you too, 
then I think that this, this could be an interesting conversation for you to consider um, opening back up, trying to find, you know, what, maybe you don't call it a dream. Maybe it's just a little bit higher purpose, et cetera. But I want to, I want to dive into the exact question we normally hit first, which is what's your vision, James, for those that you serve? Perfect. I, I reckon that they should have a good vision for themselves. Yes. And they, they should be connected to their faith or spirituality, their universal creator, whatever it is for them. I don't want this to be necessarily tied to religion, whether you're into God or you're not into God. But I do think you being connected to your own personal aspiration and dream for yourself is vital. Uh, so my dream and my vision for them is to dramatically reduce the amount of drama and tension that is going on in your working life, because that is pervasive to your entire life you know i i never see work-life balance as a scale you know i if we have a balance one thing's down and one thing's up and i, I would love for you to be thinking about your career as your life and uh, that it is integrated it's part of your life so if you're not having a great time at work there's a really good chance that life isn't great for you so drama and tension can we dramatically reduce that if we can do that let's get you less distracted and that's difficult in this crazy and chaotic world. But if you're less distracted, the chances of you having days upon days of mixed emotion or pessimism or even really feeling discouraged about what it is that you do, uh, you're, you're going to be feeling much more like a role model for other people. You know, and if you do feel helpless, I, I love that phrase. If you feel helpless, be helpful. Uh, mm. Look at your role models and, and answer your difficulties with what they would do. Put yourselves in their shoes and say, with all the difficulty and tension that I'm experiencing right now, what would my role model do? And there's a really good chance you'll find your answers there. But it, it comes to, you know, what do I want people to be connected to more than anything else? And that is their own personal discipline, which is their standard. Don't let somebody else's standard of discipline <clears throat> dictate how you run your life. This is your life. You get one shot. So to do it your way. But you do, be, you do need to have a willingness to do it your way. And a lot of people are out there people pleasing and so hmm. that, that's what's getting you back into tension and drama if you're people pleasing i call it the fast track to misery yeah man you got it you you got that uh keynote speaker um vibe <laughs> and and ba balance down you can rock a stage like i've got i've been so busy writing notes i'm not looking at you for that next question because i'm like oh 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 that's awesome so we got drama and tension to come back to later we got if you've got a tough time at work it's probably because you have a tough time at life i want to circle back to that eventually uh if you feel helpless be helpful and key in on on what would your role model do in a situation those are those are the only ones i could grasp i'm gonna probably go back and watch this because those, yeah. those are some really great points um let's let's shift gears quite a bit for a little bit what's your vision for you and you can do this over the next 100 years over the next five minutes uh it's your vision so what is yeah, that like, James? I, I like it. I call it die trying. You know, so there are, there are professional goals, personal goals. Let's start with the personal stuff because I think that's what drives me is I have a, a beautiful wife and I have a loving son. And so for, for me, it's making sure that they are able to experience a, a wonderful life and we do that as the unit together. So that's kind of personally for me. But I tie to this water project. You know, I, I have the ambition to do the 3,000 years of clean drinking water. I do want to feed 1 million people. There's a billion people who may or may not eat today, but we have the food and let's change the system to get them the food. And I also want to 
put some work into education, into housing to protect these underprivileged, underprivileged or underserved environments. So personally, that drives me every single month on the first, which was yesterday, I can contribute to those projects. Yesterday, we did something like 15,000 impacts around water and grain, feeding people in Kenya and Malawi and other places. And I, and I love that you did that at the beginning, because that's personally what's driving me behind this. Professionally, the stuff I'll die trying is to make sure everybody has the career they deserve and they enjoy what they do. How do I do that? I do that through coaching programs, online courses, public speaking, and just every day making sure that I do what you're doing right now, Jackson, is that just we are can go out and share something. And if one point we make impacts one person, we did our job. Yeah. And, I, and I think if, mm. if you can go to work every day with the idea that if I do one thing today that changes one person's perspective, for the better so that they tell you because there's nothing more heartwarming than someone saying to me that what that thing you did that changed my life i need you to know that that's much yeah. more rewarding than anything you know we all get wrapped up in job titles and cash and how much money we're making and you know it's uh excuse my language it's a pissing contest you know that's a <laughs> that's a testosterone battle it's an estrogen battle right. it's rooted in ego and power and all of that is really quite ugly when you think the thing that we love more than anything else is helping people. But what I want people to do is actually help someone. And you're doing that today is a good evidence. And I'll, I'll let you ask another question. You're Thanks, actually man. helping me and you're actually helping people by having a platform where we can have a conversation. You know, so some people say, I like helping people, but you're, you're, this is it. This is how you help people. So people wait, start a podcast, <laughs> come and guest on this podcast. It's important. Come and guest on know. my podcast. Yeah. yeah. That, that's how you change the world is making sure that somebody yeah. hears your message for one minute or one second in one day. And you just do that on repeat. And if you look at everything that you're consuming right now, whether it's a social media site or it's an electric car or it's a online bookstore, if you want money, if that's what drives you, then yeah, serve more people find a million or a billion people. And if you can help a billion people, guess what? You'll be a billionaire. Right. But it really depends what drives you. But there's, there's my long winded answer. to what you're saying. <laughs> I love it. Hey, man, it's your vision. You're passionate about it. I love it. Um, so you said uh, you, you said you do you do what I'm doing right now. And I was thinking, die trying, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, anybody who knows has been listening for a while. I got bronchitis. Um, and people are like, Jackson, what are you doing on the microphone? What are you doing this call? I'm like, like I'm loving life. And I was like, I am yeah. giving myself to this. Like, I love what I do. There's, that's not going to hold me back from doing it. And uh, it's, it, it is so rewarding to be able to help. And I want to hit on that, James, a little bit. Um, growing up an extremely athletic individual, um, you know, the, usually service came in the form of hard labor. Um, and I hated it. Um, you know, I didn't enjoy it. I, I did not find service fun. Um, you know, and some people, you, you know, you may feel like that, but I also never really considered that the time I spent talking to people, nurturing people, listening to people was service. Um, that kind of got downplayed may, may, maybe because of gender, maybe because of the project going on and, you know, like me talking to somebody who there, who's, you know, just kind of being there for them. But, it wasn't until having a back surgery where now I had that athletic frame and I'm trying to go to these types of, of events like a flood where we're having to, to, you know, help people get mud out of their home and water out of their home and stuff to get back into it 
where I was put in a coordinating position. And as such, there was always these awkward moments and self-doubts. And then, of course, the external ones, too. Why aren't you moving stuff? You know, you're a young man. You know, why aren't, why aren't you in here uh, breaking your back for all this? And I said, well, I already broke my back. So um, and I'm sorry I can't. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was an interesting transition. But it was also really cool to see that God kind of forced me into a new role of being of thinking more administrative thinking more of, okay, I have coordinating skills that I need to be tapping into and utilizing for these types of efforts. I have people skills, diplomacy skills, and those types of situations where I can help gather and coordinate more people to be able to do 15 times the work that I could do on my own. Um, and I also need to work on making sure that I keep my back in as good a position as possible so that I can help physically, um, you know, and not, not just shirk the work and say, oh, you know, I, I don't have to do this anymore. But I just I just want to acknowledge that you acknowledge that. And if you out there, you're listening and you've thought about putting a podcast out there. My greatest invitation to you is go live on your platform of choice. Call it a podcast yeah. and talk. Right. Ask questions. Bring a friend in to do it. That's exactly how I started was yeah. just doing that for years. Uh, people love the setup that we have now. Uh uh. I have more than a thousand lame episodes, um, you know, that I had been doing, trying to get going. And I start one day, I just said, you know what? I just need to call this a podcast. And next thing you know, it was like step after step after step. It kind of turned into that. So go rock the mic. If you got something of value to give to others, there's 8 billion people in this world who need yeah. guidance. And a lot of us are very blessed to have That's it if sad. we are educating ourselves through this medium. Um, so Anyway, go ahead, James. I'll let you, let you take back over for a little yes, bit. You, you nudge me about a couple of things. I, I do want to talk about your leadership because I hear it's flowing out of you and I kind of want to make a point. It's not my point. It's actually stolen from someone else. I'll share that. Sure. Yeah, I believe everything's underserved. You know, most people are thinking about, could I go and be a podcast host? Could I write a book? Could I launch an online SaaS business in a particular marketplace. But the reason why we don't is because one, we're fear of the responsibility and fear of failure and all those things. But actually we have this belief that the market is already served. And it really isn't. If you think about podcasts, oh, That's I, right. I, don't even know I love podcasts that. I love that because, thought. Sorry, yeah, I'm just like, like, yes, James, go, go, James. <laughs> we, got, we got 8 billion people. Most people don't understand what 8 billion is. <laughs> no, it's impossible gonna, to quantify. We're going to be, we're going to be underserved in population to do the things we need to do on this planet around climate change and other things. We're not going to have enough people. We, we, we don't have enough people to do what we need to do to, to fix some of the problems we've created. And some people think we've got too many people. That's what's the drain on resources. It's not, it's the behavior. It's a different thing. Yeah. But, but I think we're underserved in podcast hosts. There's 8 billion people oh, and only, only 60 million podcasts, most of which are of the lame variety. There are very few podcasts that are impacting the world. So it's, we, we call upon you <laughs> to go, go and do that, just as Jackson said, is because you, you're the one. You're the one to find the million, two, 2 million, 5 million people so you can make a change. That's right. If we, just, if we just had that level of kindness, we could make huge amounts of change. Anyway, let me talk about your leadership. No, it's good. I mean, ask yourself yeah. this question right now is, are there too, are there too many math teachers on earth right now? No, right? no there's not enough. No. There's tons of kids out there. There's adults who don't know how to do math. And if that's the case with one of the, the subjects that is kind of core to the world, 
then every other niche as well of virtue yeah, yeah. of value uh you know just because there's and even if there were too many math teachers you help each other build up too you're not competitors with each other no, you're no, you're no. building upon each other's formulas the same is true of every other niche so james yeah, yeah we, you you and i are in the same industry but yeah. I, I've never seen it as competition. I've always seen it as co-opetition. And how can I help Jackson? Can Jackson help me? What could we do together? Could we collaborate on something? Yeah. Uh, and th I think that's vital. And I think that about my clients too. I'm always trying to find out with my clients, if one of them's going to set a business up, I want to be in the business. I want to be able to help them in the business if they want me to. If they don't, then I know it's going to be a longer, slower road for them because they're choosing to go it alone. And they're making some assumptions. But uh, right. they, they, that that's okay but in the career path same thing you, you do need to buddy up with people who are doing the things that you want to do and uh, you know, i just kind of think about relationship now you've said that is leadership's not a rank Le this is the simon cynic i think said this maybe john maxwell one of the two kind of leadership folks out they're there. twins it's all good they're twins yeah they're saying the same similar things yeah it's not a rank you don't start being a leader once you're in rank it's a choice. And that's why I wanted to kind of compliment you on stepping into leadership. You choose to do it and then embrace all the things that that involves. Do hard things. You did a thousand lame episodes. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah, to, it was. to realize I did a thousand of these things before it actually got any good. And, and that's common, actually. Sometimes we might have to do 500 reps, 700 reps in the gym to actually get good at that thing. Oh, yeah. And so it makes perfect sense that you, you did you know, 100 to oh, 1,000. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know, the 10,000 pre outside of that, you know, the ones you don't yeah. post, um, you know, are, are also, it's, it is, it's a labor of love for sure. Um, so mm -hmm. let's dive into one more of those things that you can do to really help this audience. And I, it says, what's your worst business experience ever? But we're going to shift this question a little bit. Today, we're going to be talking about career. Um, so what's your worst career experience ever? the one that comes to mind is being accused of something that never happened mm. and understanding my reaction to that wasn't healthy. So that was all about me. So I always equate this story to, you know, it was like all the kids had lined up around the pool, pulled their pants down, but nobody had peed in the pool yet. Mm -hmm. So the crime hadn't been committed, but you know, there was going to be a crime if somebody didn't jump in and stop. And so my manager at the time had said, I'm, I'm going to take control of this and you must watch from the sidelines. So I had to watch this pantomime play out and it was extremely painful. So this was also my worst business, my worst kind of business and career experience because I felt accused of something I hadn't done. And because the lesson was you still let the kids take their pants down. Yeah. So your, your own bad behavior could have been replicated and created a ongoing issue for the business, for the company, for the industry. And so I had to kind of, I kind of eat crow on that. It didn't taste yeah. good, but I had to suck it up and say, no, there, there is a clear point here. When, when you're in a leadership position, as I was at the time, you have to take extreme personal accountability and responsibility for things. And that one event, as ugly as it was, taught me that. And a lot of people haven't been through that or they're just going through it right now and they're still blaming everybody else. Right. But when you blame everybody else, here's, what, here's what's happening really. You're not taking 
accountability for your own reality and what's going on inside of you. Because if you're feeling emotional, like we talked about drama and tension earlier, you are the drama, you are the tension, you are the creator of that. If nobody else is feeling the same way you are, even though my manager was freaking out and throwing, a, throwing things around the room and um, having to sit in front of very senior executives and explain how did we end up here? Well, you know, I was, I, and, and she, she took extreme personal accountability for my bad behavior. So that was a, a terrible career experience that taught me so much about learn to take accountability for your actions, know that you are the creator of all of your drama, know that leadership is a choice. And so you have to be the role model, Le learn how to speak last and not jump in and make some assumptions. And, wow. you know, one of the things that that really did was take me down a path of disrupting myself. And so for the feedback of people who've said to me, I never like working with you. And that's like painful to hear or somebody say to me, James, you listening, but you're not hearing. Mm -hmm. And when you hear that feedback, it, it cuts, you know, it's like a, a yep. little tiny dagger in the heart. And they're the things that got me to disrupt myself. And I think about where I am now, which is, you know, not the person I was 10 years, five years ago, but it's that you do need to have that terrible career experience and then look back and go, well, without it, I, I never would have learned the lesson because I don't think you learn any lessons in success. I think you learn all your lessons in your failures. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, now, I will say that was one of the most profound answers we've probably had on the show. Um, and, <laughs> making and this stuff up. <laughs> no, here's why. Here's why. I'll prove it with a principle. I think you're the you're one of the first people, if not the first, to focus the worst experience on what you could have done to have and taking accountability in that. Um, and I don't know, honestly, I don't know what I would have done had I even posed the same question. Um, I don't know if I would have had the self-awareness to tie that directly to, mm, how do I own this? How do I appreciate my own value? Yeah. Uh, which you, you obviously, um, you know, have, have that going for you. You at least understand the value that you put out into the world. Um, I'm sure there's an element of self-love, if not a whole degree. I hope you have a whole unconditional degree of it. I sometimes struggle with that personally. Um, so I don't, I don't paint people from the outside. Um, but your ability to own that situation and say, you know what, I, I do have responsibility for this entirely while yes, other people have responsibility for their interactions in the same scene. You had so much you could learn from it. Yeah. Um, you touch on something. By not just want, pointing fingers. Yeah, I, I know you want to move on, but I, I think what I'm about to say is really going to help a lot yeah. of people because it really helped me. When we think about self-love, self-esteem, self-respect, self-worth, we get we go on the Insta experts or the Instagram experts, right? And we take a look at what's being driven at us. And right. they'll tell you, oh, you, you just need to take better self-care. You just need to think about making sure that you hear validation when it comes your way. So if somebody says, good job, acknowledge it, say thank you and receive with gratitude. Say, yeah, thank you, I did do a good job. So that's what people are telling you to do on Instagram. And that they're also kind of get, giving you down the line of, you need to have affirmations. You need to be talking to yourself in the mirror every five minutes, every morning. All of that, I'm not dismissing it as the only thing, but I'll, I'll express to you that worst experience, why was I able to overcome it? because I think 
self-worth, self-love, self-esteem all comes from the quality of our relational experience. If you have amazing relationships, I will tell you, you'll love yourself so much more. So I've been spending most of my time in the last 18 months focusing on who's in my group. And I've been removing people who are draining my energy. And I've yeah. been, and, and literally, um, I saw Jen Gottlieb today. I love Jen Gottlieb. She's awesome. If you know who she is, she's just launched her book, Be Seen. Uh, grab a copy. And, if, and, uh, and I have no affiliation with Jen. But one of the things she said was she felt sometimes that she'd be in conversations with people she worked with and she'd come away and feel like she needed to take a shower to, to wash off the filth. And, mm-hmm. and I'd felt like that a little bit. So I think if, if you have a self-worth issue, self-esteem, you worry about other people's judgment, you're always thinking in your head, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I intelligent enough? Am I a math teacher enough? Am I a good healthcare provider enough? You're all of those things. You're absolutely delicious. You're absolutely awesome. But the reason why you may be having those thoughts is because your relationships aren't where they need to be. Right. I, I'm a firm believer in that. And I think just changing my relationships has had a massive impact. And uh, some of the people yeah. who make it to see this will oh, not. I love it. I love it. And I'll, it's I'll just add to up it. a different, different level of connection. Yeah. So one formula, I'll, I'll add to it. I'll add one more verb. And James said, have relationships, right, that, that um, oh, yeah. are healthy. Okay. Yeah, you got that. Good. I'm going to say create relationships. Yes. yes. But there, that, that's not an either or. There's an opportunity for both because yeah. we can't force great relationships. That person has to want to have the relationship too. Um, and so yeah. I love the idea of, um, you know, setting aside relationships, creating space with people who pull your energy down. It's an important, healthy process that usually serves both individuals in the process and, uh, and yeah, every, everything you talked about was just awesome. So, um, yeah. let's go into, uh, your best career experience. Um, what does that look like? Yeah. I, I mean, I could easily talk about entrepreneurship because in entrepreneurship, you, you kind of talked about your journey and in my journey, the same thing, the big wins come rarely. <laughs> we, we <do laughs> yeah. In, uh, yeah. That's why I say to people, don't quit your job and become an entrepreneur because <laughs> You don't realize you're already doing hard things, but when you become an entrepreneur, it's going to be harder and harder and harder. <laughs> so, so let me think about something within career. I, I mean, I, I think the experience of being kind of handpicked, that external validation of you are good enough is always great. And so that, that happened a couple of times in my career when it unexpectedly, you know, the hand of God came and said, it's you. And, and that's very enjoyable. But, you know, when I think about, the, the true best of career experiences for me is always about team and other people and developing other people and letting them develop you. So in the process of leadership, you know, you as a leader and anybody else watching this, if you think about that, you want to be more of a leader. Yeah. Just, just spend more time developing other people and allowing them to develop who you are. Mm. And, and that means, you know, deepening and broadening those relationships, seeking more data points, learning how to speak last, you know, I was not good at this. And those people who didn't like working with me, yeah, I was railroading conversations and interrupting and jumping all over their thoughts and ideas and their brilliance. Mm. So if you can do those things, yeah, I, I think that's my guest, best career experience. I, I built two what I would describe as world-class teams that you could have drop-shifted into any organization in the world and they would have transformed the business. And, and that is a great experience. And it, and it really has nothing to do with me. 
it, it has everything to do with the commitment and the willingness and the discipline, the role model behavior of all the people on the group. And uh, I, yeah, what would, I, what would I give to keep doing that? So my goal, it should be for you, and I think you're already doing some of this, is to have a wonderful team around you and make them be world-class. Yeah. Yeah. Allow them to be, allow them to be world-class. Allow them to be, right. I like that. Good shift. Um, great, great word choice. Um, that's, you know, empowering that, cultivating that, influencing that. And that starts, that can start at the bottom, um, you know, meaning at our entry point as well. So if you're looking to experience that extraordinary career, I'm going to be a little haphazard because I'm not a pro in this. Um, that's not my expertise. That's James's and allow him to take it from here. We've had so many powerful lessons. I'm going to skip that question because you're just full of them. So you, you keep leading with them every time you talk. We don't even need to go into the one question. Instead, we're going to shift to driving those extraordinary career results. And we're going to start with my bad example. Um, when I was much younger um, and I was a missionary, uh, I had one mission, and that was to go out there and help everybody in Uruguay that I could get out of my way. Here I go to do that. And any missionary who wasn't bought into that fully, they were serving because dad or mom wanted them to. They were serving, but they still didn't quite know why. Yeah. Get out of my way was my, my attitude. Um, I was not a good leader. I was not a good coworker. I just knew that I had this mission. I, I, I wish I had understood um, the greater influence I could have had coming into that opportunity looking at the ones I was working with on a regular basis and just thinking of subtle ways. How can I make his life better? How can I make his life better in small ways? How can I make her life better? Yes. How can I serve the group while also serving my purpose and mission? Doesn't cost me time. It's part of the natural process. It's just a matter of opening my mindset, the ability to integrate better with that, that workforce, would have would have dramatically changed what I had learned. But I, I had to learn a very powerful, difficult lesson about leadership. Um, and I'm so I'm so glad I got to I needed it. I would not be home without it. So, yeah. um, James, is there any validation to that reality? Am I steering people off point no. and saying, hey, come into that workforce yeah. ready to give in, in meaningful it's, ways? Uh, it's it's excellent. And, and I'm, I'm going to quote a friend of mine. I, I'm doubt she'll see this. Her name's Peg Smith. She was a phenomenal executive for one of the companies I work with and gave me the advice. But your story resonates with me I, because, yeah, I, I did that same thing. Get out of my way. You know, I, I left people bruised and bloodied at the side of the road, moving at breakneck speed in the quest of that power and <laughs> prestige and running, you know, craziness, egoic behavior. And, and I watch people do this all over the place, and they are thoroughly miserable people. And that's okay. <laughs> if you want to do, I, I just let people be. If you want to right. do that, do that. But here's, here's Peg's advice. One wonderful person. Um, I, I think retired now, but clearly a, a valuable member of, you know, she spent decades investing her life into what she did. But she, she sat down with me once and we were having a conversation about the difference makers of how do you shift from being a taker, seeing what you can get, titles and cash and promotions and what can I get and be ahead of everybody else and compete and I'm not saying you don't have to compete in life I think you do but inside organizations that's not necessarily a good healthy behavior and I said you know if you were to give me one piece of advice for how somebody can move into a service mindset faster what would that be 
and, and she said this, and I'll expand on it a little bit. I've said this before elsewhere. She said, James, the quality of your questions are the quality of your career. And then she elaborated by saying, if you don't understand what everybody else needs or wants or what problems they have or what they're challenged with, you'll never be able to be the servant leader that you want to be. And you'll never be able to rise to the top because you'll always be dealing with your problems and your challenges and your internal mess. So start focusing on them, find out what's in it for them, figure out if they have challenges, what could you do? What skills can you develop? What can you upskill to, to answer that and start solving that problem? And I think I've done more of that in the last maybe eight years uh, than when Peg gave me the advice. If you go back into my earlier career, I would have been the complete opposite. I, I would have been a great missionary with you to help you help. <laughs> we would have run the way. We would have. That's awesome. And I love Peg already. That, that yeah, awesome. is She's going awesome. to shift the way I show up. Um, you know, and, and you, you just take something like that, you write it down, you remember it, and you start to implement it. That is going to have a dramatic shift on how I show up for people. Thank you for sharing that. That was so, so awesome. So we've got four minutes or so left, and I okay. want to dive in as much as we can through your ideas on experiencing that extraordinary career and, and the results with it. Um, James Throwdown, what questions should I be asking? Or what? how do you want to dive into this? It's your call. I, I really have a couple of things maybe that come to mind that I, I don't know if I shared yet. Maybe I did in another way. And this is not to get trapped in our own minds. So, so the first piece of advice I would say to anybody in a career, and you want to maximize your results so that you have this incredible life and you deserve this incredible life. The first thing is to start to understand uh, your, it's, it's not even accountability ratio. It's more about the integrity ratio you operate in. What I mean by that is for all the things that come out of your mouth that you say, do them. But more than that, I want you to also, for all the things that you think about, that are your dreams and your wishes and desires that stay in your head and sometimes you don't verbalize, do them. The virtues. Like this boom, boom, boom test. If, if your heart isn't pounding in your chest, because it should be giving you that fear, nervous excitedness, it's all the same emotion, that's the thing you need to double down on. And most of the time it comes when we think something and our heart starts booming and then we get scared and we run the other way and then suddenly decide, I'm not going to do that. So that'll be the first, the first thing. Mm. And the, the accompaniment to that is kind of second thing. And maybe a great way to wrap this up is it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. I, I, I'm not a big advocate of the phrase of, you know, just do the hard work, you know, just do it. You know, so, yeah, well, true. I, I do think put some effort in, put some sweat in, yeah. but make sure that, at least a fifth, maybe 20% of the activity that you're involved with is hard things that you know get results. Because your bosses, your managers, your leadership are telling you the 80%. That's results for them. That's other people's agenda. It's not your results. So if you want to move the needle for you, 20% of your day, of your hour, think about it that way, has to be focused on what you want to do, what you love doing. Otherwise, you will find misery because the work will just keep coming. And so I want you to do hard things, yes, but I want you to think about them as the hard things I do are the things that change my life and the lives of others. That's awesome. Um, yeah. If, for those of you who may not have caught it or maybe you're just catching into the episode right now, 
Um, James also talked about tough work um, and tough work environments often are a reflection of the tough life um, that we have. And so if you want that career upgrade, I think it's also important to assess what's going on personally in my life or, or in my environment at, at home or, or outside of work. Or maybe it's environments I go to after work, bars. Um, you know, there's different things you might choose to do that could be disrupting the rest of your life. Now, if you're not a parent, you are a parent, you're going to get this. But those of you who aren't parents, what you don't, you may not realize is how often as parents, we show up awful for our kids. Um, you know, with a bad attitude, we end up hurting their feelings. And on self-reflection afterwards, we realize, dang it, I just took my day out on my child. Right. I wasn't actually mad at them for not picking up that blanket. I wasn't actually mad at them for leaving the wrapper on the ground. It was Halloween for crying out loud. You know, now, you know, I wasn't actually upset about that, but I let the emotions of my day, right. And my own selfish needs come out on that person. Well, that can happen in work as well, where if you're reacting at people at work and you're not experiencing wholesome relationships, it could be some, it could likely be something you're bringing to work with you and aren't creating space on. And if you're at the beginning, just know that your tree that you are, you know, if you're planning it today, you won't see the results tomorrow. Yeah, that's okay. Trust in the processes, trust in these amazing principles that James gave. So James, you you did an excellent job. How can, what's the best way for people to connect with you? So I don't know what platform anyone's watching this on. The easiest way to connect with me. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yes. Yeah, so, so you can connect with me on all those channels and find me there just by Great. searching my name. But I, but I think if you just want to message me and this is a career conversation, which is your life conversation, you know, I'm all about personal and professional development, getting you to the next level, certainly moving you from one zip code to another one. Let's just get you out of the ugly zip code and the one you want to live in. Uh, then go to LinkedIn and just hit me up there on a message. Yeah. Awesome. James, it's been a pleasure and honor to have you on Vision Pros Live. Vision Pros, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll see you in the next episode in a few hours, actually. And uh, James, we'd love to have you back in the future. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. I would love to come. Absolutely. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us